Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate the show, and iTunes are also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter, and you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. Now, on this week's show, we're going to be looking at week four of the XFL we're going to be looking to provide all of you with important information and statistics that can help everybody make some money betting on the L.A. Wildcats. So without further ado, we're going to dive right in and talk about the L.A. Wildcats' upcoming matchup with the New York Guardians. It's going to be taking place in New York on Saturday afternoon. And that game uh, will be taking place on Saturday. Currently, the Wildcats are seven-point road favorites, and the over-under is currently at 39 points. Relatively low total, but most of the totals in this league have been pretty low scoring uh, just based on the fact that uh, the quarterback play has been rather suspect uh, from a decent portion of the teams. But either or, looking at the LA Wildcats, they had a very solid performance last week as they were able to beat the undefeated D.C. uh, defenders at home by the score of 39-9 in order to win the first uh, game in franchise history. Uh, Game was pretty much over before it even started. LA opened up a decent-sized lead early on. I ended up turning to 21 nothing uh, early on into the second quarter, and they pretty much just kept dominating throughout the entire game. Quarterback Josh Johnson definitely looked a lot better in his second week of action after missing week one and playing pretty under par in game two. Game three, though, he completed 18 of his 25 pass attempts for 278 passing yards, along with three passing touchdowns and zero interceptions. Really not much more you can ask for. Uh, potentially a couple more completions, but some of them were on throwaways overall. I mean, roughly 300 yards passing with three touchdowns and no picks is definitely a great performance and definitely a good stepping stone for Josh Johnson moving forward. Now, leading the ground game, unlike previous weeks, was not Elijah Hood, who did not even get a single carry. It was running back Martez Carter, who was very solid uh, making the start. He had 11 carries for 34 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns, and he also had three receptions for 34 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. So in his first start with the XF in the XFL, he had three total touchdowns and 68 total yards on just 14 touches. Very solid performance, and he will look to put together another performance in Week 4 if he is able to go, but I will get into that more when we go over the injury report. Now, leading the receiving core was wide receiver Trey McBride, who had, had a pretty much a coming-out party uh, last Sunday, as he ended up having five receptions for 109 receiving yards with two receiving touchdowns. Other than that, you had wide receiver Nelson Spruce, who was solid once again, definitely not as big of uh, a factor as he was in the first two games, but he still had three receptions for 75 receiving yards, so he has still done a very solid job uh, with the Wildcats in the receiving core. But hopefully McBride will be able to provide a nice um, option opposite Spruce moving forward, and that should lead to a couple more big plays down the field. Now, talking about the defense for the LA Wildcats, they were very solid as they only gave up nine points. They also had three sacks, and they forced four turnovers, all four turnovers coming via interception against Cardell Jones. 
as they ended up forcing him to have his first uh, professional loss uh, since high school, actually. Cardinal Jones is undefeated for I don't even know how many years, but he was undefeated at Ohio State when he started, and he was undefeated in the XFL, and he was also undefeated in preseason, I believe, which is why, when he started, which is why that people can mention that on ESPN. But that streak came to an end, so much so that Cardinal Jones ended up getting benched because of LA's just stifling defense. They got after him a lot, they forced four interceptions, and he did not even get to finish the game. So now LA will be looking for another solid defensive performance on Sunday, I mean on Saturday, against one of the worst offenses in the entire league. Now looking at the injury report, defensive back Harlan Miller, who did not practice last week, was limited this week with a thigh injury, so he is expected to play. However, I alluded to it before, running back Martez Carter, with three touchdowns last week, has not practiced this week due to an ankle injury, and his status is currently up in the air. Trending towards doubtful, though, especially with a running back with a foot injury, you have to get a bit concerned with how much explosiveness he will actually have. It would not surprise me to see him miss a week or two, uh, potentially with a sprain. They don't really know what exactly it is yet with the ankle, but uh, according to some reports, it seems to be a sprain, so he should be missing this week and potentially next week as well. Uh, Wide receiver Nelson Spruce, though, the big play threat for the Wildcats is also not practicing practice this week due to a knee injury he's currently questionable for this game if he is unable to go that definitely will be a huge blow to the Wildcats offense but more of the burden should fall under McBride's shoulders if Spruce is not able to go because he will be the main weapon offensively on Saturday if Spruce is unable to suit up other than that though you have defensive end Latarius Brady who has not practiced due to a hip injury he is currently questionable and, and quarterback Josh Johnson, once again, was limited in practice, but he is expected to play. So that's not really a big issue. Plus, backup Chad Kanafa started practicing again uh, after missing uh, the last two games. So even if Johnson does get injured, you do have a solid backup option in Kanaf, who should be able to suit up for Saturday's game. But Johnson will get all the snaps if he is healthy. Now, switching gears to the Guardians, since we have no um, advertisement for this week, uh, the New York Guardians, on the other hand, unlike the Wildcats, enter this game off of a terrible performance as they ended up losing last week on the road to the St. Louis Battlehawks by the score of 29-9, to and that pushes the Guardians' record to 1-2. Now, the quarterback for that game, who originally started, was quarterback Matt McGloin, former Oakland Raider. People might remember him. He was a pretty good at Penn State in college, but he ended up completing 8 of 11 passes for 84 passing yards with zero touchdowns and one interception. However, he ended up getting benched in the middle of the game because of the Guardians' inability to put points up and to even sustain drives. It was pretty much a blowout from start to finish. St. Louis definitely had a packed crowd with the first football game since the Rams left, and they just went off. Guardians were completely overwhelmed early on, and the Battlehawks pretty much just sat on them for the entire game. But McGloin did really nothing offensively, leading the charge. He got benched. They brought in quarterback Luke Perez, who was in the AAF. People might remember him. He was the starting quarterback for the Birmingham Iron. And he ended up uh, completing four or five passes for 39 passing yards, along with one passing touchdown and zero interceptions. So he was decent. And you also had the other quarterback show up in quarterback Marquise Williams, who was a starter at North Carolina in college. People might remember him. But either or, uh, he ended up completing 7 of 15 pass attempts for 94 passing yards with zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. So McGloin got benched because he started the first couple of games and the team did absolutely nothing. Marquise Williams came in and he was very inaccurate as he ended up completing less than 50% of his passes. And then Luis Perez came in and although he went 4 for 5 with one touchdown, no picks, he also only threw for 49 yards 
in four attempts, so he in four completions, so he pretty much just threw a bunch of checkdown routes. But either or, he ended up throwing the only touchdown that the Guardians had. Now, leading the ground game was running back Tim Cook, as he ended up having nine carries for 50 uh, rushing yards. You also had running back Darius Victor, who had a pretty solid game, as he had 10 carries for 50 rushing yards. Leading the receiving core was Austin Duke, who had four receptions for 43 yards and one receiving touchdown. All those stats I just mentioned, really not great. The running backs were okay, though. Cook, uh, who averaged uh, over five yards a carry, and Victor, who averaged exactly five yards per carry. The only issue is that they didn't get to run the ball that much, combined 19 carries between the two, because of the fact that game flow dictated that the uh, dictated that the Guardians would need to throw a lot because they were playing catch-up, which explains why you had 31 pass attempts in comparison to the 19 carries for the top two running backs on the roster. I'd expect uh, the Guardians to try to establish the run a little bit more, especially if McGloin is not going to be the starter for this game. Still remains up in the air. Could be a temporary benching, could be permanent. Nobody really knows. But I expect to see the Guardians lean more on the ground game moving forward based on how inept their passing game has been. Austin Duke, though, four receptions, 43 yards, one touchdown. Still an okay performance. Considering the fact, though, that he was the leading receiver, definitely not ideal but he was able to get into the end zone, so that is a good sign. Meanwhile, the Guardians, though, defensively and on special teams, uh, were terrible last week. They ended up giving up 29 points. They recorded two sacks, and they also forced zero turnovers, so they really just weren't able to get off the field whatsoever. Didn't help the Guardians' offense, couldn't really move the chain, so the defense was gassed relatively early on. But either or, you gave up 29 points, and you also forced zero turnovers. It's going to be very tough for you to win a game like that, especially in the XFL. But to make matters worse, the defense also, or the special team, I should say, gave up a kick return touchdown. So the Guardians actually set history last week for all the wrong reasons, as they became the first team in the new XFL to give up a kickoff return touchdown. It was a very nice trick play by St. Louis. They ran a little reverse on the return, but either or, if you actually just watch the replay, looked at the Guardians could have uh, cornered him and potentially tackled him for a gain of about 40. But yet they couldn't tackle him and it ended up leading to a touchdown. Game was pretty much our, game was already over at that point for the most part, but either or uh, got relatively ugly and the Guardians uh, ended up losing by 20. But talking about the injury report though, things go from bad to worse for the Guardians as they will most likely be without running back Darius Victor. I mentioned how he had 10 carries of 50 yards last week. However, he has not practiced this week due to an ankle injury. So that is something to monitor moving forward. Quarterback Matt McGloin, who might be the starter, who might not be the starter, nobody really knows, was limited in practice with a thorax injury. I don't know if it's really going to matter. He might, uh, Of course, if he's out, then you should see Perez and Williams take uh, all the snaps. But if he is able to go, I don't even know how much trust the coaching staff has in him, so that remains to be seen. But you also have an injury to offensive lineman Garrett Brumfield, who has not practiced this week due to a head injury, and he is most likely going to be missing this game. So, other than that, though, based on everything that I just laid out, my predictions for the game itself, I am going to take the Wildcats by the score of 30-12, to 12, which means that I like the Wildcats minus 7, and I also like the over 39, and those are my thoughts on the game. Now, a couple of reasons why... I like the Wildcats in the spot. First of all, even though both these teams have the same exact record at 1-2, and two, the Wildcats have definitely been trending in the right direction under head coach and GM Winston Moss. Uh, they got embarrassed in the first game. Uh, they looked okay in the second game. Uh, ended up uh, falling short against the Renegades, but they were actually winning. That, uh, they're actually within one uh, late in the fourth before giving up a touchdown to Cameron Artis Payne late, and they ended up losing that game. 
uh, by, I believe it was seven, so they were close in that game, and then week three was an absolute blowout of an undefeated team at home. So uh, that's definitely a good sign for the Wildcats moving forward. Josh Johnson, who looked very inaccurate, and I called him out uh, going into the week three matchup because of his accuracy issues, definitely answered the call as he was fantastic with three touchdowns and no picks. Plus, he still possesses dual threat mobility, so he does have the ability to elongate some plays if the Wildcats receivers aren't able to get open. Based on the Guardians have been awful defensively this season. I believe they gave up 27 to D.C., then they gave up uh, 29 to the Battlehawks. I think the Wildcats should potentially push 30. It is an issue, though, if Spruce is unable to play because he's one of the best receivers, but I really just think the Wildcats should be able to torch New York secondary. Plus, the Guardians have made some really dumb penalties over the last couple of weeks. Last week was terrible against the against the Battlehawks. They had about, I believe it was three or four drive extending penalties on third down and one drive in the first half. It was it was really just poor execution. But and the Wildcats should be able to put together a nice performance offensively. I think they can get the 30. And meanwhile, the Guardians, even though their offense has struggled a lot lately, the Wildcats defense, despite playing well last week, has been pretty inconsistent. And I think you could see the Guardians score some garbage time touchdowns. At the end of the day, though, I just think that 39 is too low of a total. I think this will be close. I think the Wildcats will do ha- will have to do most of the heavy lifting. But the Guardians should play better at home uh, after getting their getting their asses kicked against St. Louis. So I think you should see them play a little bit better offensively, and I think you should see L.A. play well offensively against one of the worst defenses in the entire league. So for that reason, I think the Wildcats win by 18, which means that I like the Wildcats minus 7, and I also like the over 39 in this game. Once again, though, quick reminder, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe or rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. Other than that, though, let's get over the installment of Betting Bay Area here for Thursday, February 27th. Good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.